Welcome to Chicana Moms Podcast, your host, Amapola Ramirez, a Chicana sharing a little bit of her heart to inspire and create change to all the Chicana sisters. Hola, my Chicana moms. ¿Cómo están? Thank you so much for being here and clicking at your Chicana Moms podcast. And my name is Amapola Ramirez. I am the host. Um, and I thank you very, very much for being here. I do want to share with you guys that there's several things happening in my life. Y les quiero compartir. Um, and I am actually going to be working at... Um, with an agency, which I obviously I can't say their name, but I'm going to be working with an agency and I'm going to be working with at-risk youth. And I'm very excited. Um, yes, a little bit nervous, but I am excited because I love that population, uh, 12 to 17 years old. And I love it because they want to be heard. They want, well, they need guidance. And they want to feel that they're important in our society. And I just love that population. I love working with adults too because I know that adults are attached to obviously children, right? Or youth. Um, but I'm excited for that. So I was, I actually did um, have available slots for therapy, but I will no longer have slots for therapy because of that. But I have to and I want to do it. Because then I am going to be able to get my license to become a licensed therapist. So I do have to take that um, that change. And I will learn so much from those kiddos. And I'm really excited. And yeah, I mean, I think it's part of the change of my life. You know, as moms, as you already know, when you get a new job or you just do something new into your life... If it's going back to school or starting a business, you know that at some point there's going to be some of that time that no longer is going to be available. I mean, it, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that your schedule is going to change. So what I'm finding myself already thinking is how I'm going to make the change of the days I'm going to go to the grocery store. Um, how early am I going to wake up so that I can have certain foods ready for my kids because they are home due to distance learning. Um, and there's all of these changes I think that we have to do as parents to prep when new change comes. And sometimes it's a little bit challenging, but I think this is where the support really kicks in. Um, because I know I wouldn't be able to do it by myself if I didn't have the support of my husband and of my parents but obviously the primary one here is my husband and thank god you guys like my husband um is very hands-on and i'm going to share something with you guys because we, i was laughing like with my husband <laughs> when we first got married i wanted to wash his clothes like i was like no i want to wash your clothes and since he was in the military he was like no it's okay like I can wash my clothes and I'm like no but seriously like I want to wash your clothes like it was so funny I mean he's been washing his own clothes I mean obviously way before we met 
but I don't know why. Like I was over here trying to impose something. Like just because I saw my mom washing my dad's clothes, like acá yo también quería. Like, it, oh my god, it was so funny. I was like in my twenties, yaka, you know, like thinking like that's what I have to do and that's what I want to do for you. Um, but he's like, no, it's okay. You don't have to do it. I can wash my own clothes. So my husband's that way. He cooks. I cook majority of the time, but there's times where he steps in when he knows I'm really busy. Either he cooks or sometimes he grabs something like pizza, but we try to not to eat out so much because obviously it's not healthy, but sometimes it does. Sometimes we do grab something, you know, um, from like, I don't know, el, el, the taco stand, you know, next to our community. So, and I say next to our community, in our community, I should say, um, you know, the loncheras, sometimes we do that. Um, but other than that, he does step in. I'm so grateful, so, so grateful to have a husband that he's not like codependent on me because I don't know what the heck I would do. I don't know what I would do to know that I would have to still like look after him, take care of him. Like if he was another child, yeah, that would be very frustrating. And I know there's many people that have been there or are there and it's so frustrating, but I think, you know, that's where you have to be able to talk to your partner and figure out a plan like, okay, how are you, um, or how are we going to help each other in that, you know, part of our life since we are together and we're working as a family. I can get so much into that, but I know you might say I've tried that and it doesn't work. Um, but this is maybe, you know, at some point if it's really affecting your relationship, then that's where I would, as a therapist, would tell you to maybe either you individually go get therapy or as couples because it sounds like there's just more than that. If they're not cooperating um, for, you know, the home to help raise the kids, to cook, to clean, just because they go work the eight hours and bring a check and pay for the rent, that's, let's be realistic, at some point you get it, they get, they're tired um, but if you're a stay-at-home mom, you it's like never ends. That job like never ends. So it's not fair, right? But that's why I would say consider because I can't really tell you a cookie cutter. Give you a cookie cutter solution for that. Um, communication is the key definitely, but also communication, but with action. You just don't want to talk about a plan and not execute it. You want to be able to also implement it. So and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying my husband's perfect either, but he's just very helpful. He's very considerate. Um, I'm very lucky to have my husband in my life. And we have two sons. Well, I say two because obviously my oldest son is 18. And I separated from his dad when he was really little. But, you know, he's he's around, but not as around as, as much as my husband. So he still, obviously he sees him as a son. There's no, we don't ever say stepfather or stepson. Like, no, it's like dad, um, because he's been there since he was little and I appreciate him for that. But these are all the changes that I'm going through right now. So I'm in this, like, how am I going to organize my home? Um, and in a different manner, because now I know I'm going to be working Monday through Friday. So now I have to really, be uh, mindful, mindful that my time is going to be consumed more with work. And it's just part of this whole journey as a therapist, of course. And it is what it is, but I love it. 
it's so rewarding. And it's so sad, you guys, because I have to say bye to my clients that I'm seeing now. And it's just like, I appreciate each and one of them. They're beautiful human beings that I, that trust me. And, and I'm very grateful for that. I feel that every client that comes into our lives, um, I think as therapists, there's there's a reason for that. Because we learn so much from our clients as much as they also learn from us. It's it's so beautiful. I think it's an exchange of beautiful energy that happens in therapy, to be honest with you. And that's just the way I see it. Um, but yeah, I that's the changes. I'll definitely keep you updated as my journey here. <laughs> but um, for those of you who... Are accumulating your hours for therapy to become a licensed therapist. I mean, um, we need 3,000 hours. And yeah, it seems a lot of hours, but I think it's just, I think each hour that is accumulated is so impactful. And I'm not going to see it as like it's like going to take me forever, but I'm seeing it as like each client, each training, each supervision is very meaningful and it's going to help me shape myself better to become a really good therapist um and i'm excited i'm excited for this journey you guys i really really am i think life is just beautiful i know life has its times or you know what we're going through right now um and we miss our family. We can't have gatherings, especially for us who are Mexican Americans. Like our familia, they roll right. Like it, <laughs> the other, I think when was it? A couple of weeks ago. Um, I'll just share it with you. Um, we had this like Halloween drive-through thing um, that you drive for like a mile, and you see like you know uh, all these like things for Halloween. But when something is fun and exciting we don't just go like my husband my two kids and me no it's like my aunt my two cousins my cousin his wife two kids my other two cousins so we take like la bola you know like when the beach you know i don't know i'm pretty sure you guys you guys can definitely relate to this cuando vamos a la playa like las cobijas san marcos probably like cuatro hieleras like la mesa, las sillas, el tarp, y todo el chiquillero, y todo el juguetero que se lleva. Like, it's just hilarious. But that's just how we roll. We go in there prepared, just like when we go camping. I haven't gone camping in a while, but when we I used to go camping with my parents and my family, the same thing. It was kind of like my mom would, like, make pozole in camping. I was like, wait a minute. Are we supposed to go camping and just take, like sandwiches, tortas, no, it's like, vamos a hacer huevo con chorizo, con opales, and, you know, let's make tostadas, and it's just, it's amazing, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world, but it's just so awesome, because that's just the way we roll, that's just the way we roll, and it's amazing, it's amazing how just we create these outings, right, and these activities, but we always give it that, um, what, how, what word do I want to use? Like just our culture is in everything that we do, right? Familia, comida, right? Um, it's just beautiful. It really, really is. So today, you guys, um, I want to read to you a poem. And it is called, I Am Chicana. 
And I want to talk about that so much profoundly because many, many people who hear the word Chicana think or Chicano, we think that they are gang members. And obviously, yeah, we, we're pocho sometimes. I mean, I feel like I speak Spanish very well, but I know that sometimes I'm meter unas palabras que I'm like, uh, wait, yeah, soy pocha. But it's okay. It's okay because that's just the way, you know, that's who I am. And obviously this is for my Chicana moms. You know, we are in between two cultures, the Mexican-American. And if they were to say, which one do you choose for me personally, it would always be my Mexican, you know, because my food, my family, the language, right? The, like, everything, the rituals that we do but then I also don't obviously want to dismiss my American side but I am more Mexican than American um but I am a Chicana yes I am in the middle but I don't know if you guys didn't know this but I love corridos I love corridos I love Spanish music um it's just I don't know I just love it very much it's like these stories these stories of people and it reminds me of my grandfather and one of my uncles um that was in a band in Garibaldi if you guys have ever heard Garibaldi in the Distrito Federal my one of my um, uncles and my grandfather were musicians in Garibaldi and it always takes me back to that my uncle would play the instrument with the loloche and my grandfather the violin as a mariachi in Garibaldi and I just love it. I love Spanish. I love mariachi. I love Spanish rock. But I love my corridos. I love my corridos. A lot of people don't know that. And I'm sharing this with you. Um, Ramon Ayala, the jams, you guys know exactly. It's the best. <laughs> I wish I knew how to sing. I mean, I'm not that bad, but I'm not that good. But I love it. I really do. I love my culture. I love being a Chicana. So today I'm going to read you a wonderful poem that I came across. And let's talk about that. You know, I touch base on mental health. Ways for you to connect as a Chicana, as a mother, you know, as a daughter, as you, as your person. But today I want to also go much deeper as to what makes us a Chicana. Okay, no matter how old you are, no matter what career you're in, at the end of the day, you are representing all Chicanas. So let's get started and talk about us, las Chicanas. I am Chicana by lovely Larissa. A box. A box is what I have been put in, or at least they have tried. They have tried to stuff me in, squeeze me, tape the box completely shut, but I will never fit because I am a Chicana. Do you understand what that means? I am Mexican and American. I am part of two worlds that should never exist. 
I am too white for Mexicans. Tú eres gringa. And too brown for Americans, you wet back. So in the world that is black and white, I am put in the gray. Nowhere to be found, lost, looking for who I am. In a cycle that sadly never ends. But what hurts the most is that I have been stripped by my native tongue because of others' decisions. My grandfather was poor, ashamed of his culture. Tortillas and mariachi, quinceañeras y family was nothing. He wanted to be white and live off the white supremacy that has thrived in our history. So he buried our culture 10 feet under hoping we would never ask why our skin was brown and our hair was black, why we would never fit in. But I knew I wasn't white because I never thrived off the white supremacy that exists in society. Although everyone else claimed I did, my own people, my ancestry, looked down upon me because I wasn't from the native country. I was born in the U.S., not the other side of the border that separates my two nationalities. I wasn't considered Mexican because I wasn't from Chihuahua or Juarez, but the pigment of my skin prevented me from benefiting off the everlasting ring of white supremacy. I have been left with nothing. I have been dehumanized. Stripped off my culture, stripped off an entire language because of one decision that I didn't make. I'm struggling to know who I am. When each side of the border tells me I'm more one than the other. I'm walking as fine line between two cultures that cannot coincide with one another. They're fighting a war and I am in the middle. Trying to decide what side I'm on but I can't because Mexican blood runs through my veins while American philosophy fills my brain. I'm exploding. Every part of me is on each side, each part too stubborn to move to the other, but tired of fighting. A constant war with myself that will never end. A box. A box is what I have been put in, or at least, They have tried. They have tried to stuff me in, squeeze me, tape the box completely shut, but I will never fit it because I am a Chicana. My Chicana sisters, I leave you with this poem. Soak it in and remember that no matter what you do in life, you represent all Chicanas. We are sisters. We might not know each other, but we have many things in common. Take care of yourself, take care of your familia, and take care of your community. Remember, Unidas, creamos cambio, pero solo con acción. En calladitas, no more.
much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Chicana Moms Podcast, Chicana Health Coach, and La Chicana Therapist. Please leave your feedback. I would love to hear from you. Rate us on iTunes, an Anchor, or SoundCloud, or anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Adios. Welcome, my Chicana and Latina moms. ¿Cómo están? Espero que estén muy bien. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate each and one of you. Whatever it is that you're doing, si estás lavando los trastes, if you're driving, if you're at work, if you're jogging, whatever it is that you're doing, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I want to touch base with you guys the importance of implementing the cleansing breaths throughout the day, taking in deep, big breaths and releasing out. You can hold the breath for like about five seconds and then releasing. You figure out what is best for you. So whatever it is that you're doing, let's take a deep breath. Hold it if you're able to and release. It's important, you guys, to implement and to bring silence. Bring silence into your life. You can put your hand on your heart and just feel feel your heart. The silence is very golden. And I say it's golden because sometimes we can fear silence, el silencio, because there's a lot of things happening that we are thinking about, I should say, in our minds, and we just keep repeating them and repeating them. It can be sad moments in our lives. It can obviously have past experiences or current situations that you're going through. It can be emotional, obviously, and our emotions are always there. Either we're sad, we're happy, or we're, you know, some sort of emotions always happening. I know you can be excited. If you're watching a, a movie, um, like for example, right now I'm hooked on the Jenny Rivera series. And I never knew a lot of the details of her life, but it's just very amazing. And it's, you know, I'm sure um, many people are judging her life. And, but if... Each and one of our lives was put up, put on TV. Everyone would judge. We are nobody to judge, right? If we all have a story, no family is perfect. We can't. Um, I know we have the choice to, you know, they have the choice. Oh, she didn't have to be famous and because she's famous and, you know, that's just part of the package. Well, yeah, I could, I could understand why people say that. But either way, it's a choice of how we shouldn't judge, right? And the reason I'm sharing that I'm watching that series is because as I'm watching it, you know, and I'm talking about emotions, it's like you get so into it because you know it happened for in real life, right? So I just, it's just that those emotions of like fear, <gasps> what's going to happen next? 
of like, oh, wow, that happiness for her triumphs, right? So there's always these emotions, no matter what it is that, that you're doing. You can be worried and still be mopping the floor because you're worried about something else. You can be at work and not even really focused because you're worried about something. There's always some sort of emotion. These, ne- these negative thoughts or positive thoughts, whatever it is that you're choosing to gravitate to. And accepting our emotions can be a little bit challenging, you guys. Um, but we're not going to get probably to, obviously, I shouldn't even say probably. We will never get to a stage of perfectionism or being perfect in any area. We can feel like, oh, I'm perfect at this but and I've mastered this. But have you noticed that even though sometimes we say I've mastered it, I'm really great at it, sometimes we can make mistakes. So we have to be very careful with that mindset of ours that we are trying to prove to people that we are perfect. We should never ever be in that space. You be who you are. Be humble. Um, If people like you, great. If they don't, that's still okay. That is still okay. We can't force anyone to like us or to to love us. Um, There's a lot of passive-aggressive individuals in our lives that are going to pretend they're probably friends, but whenever they have a time to just throw a jab and make certain comments about something that you're doing, it's more about their insecurity and their unhappiness. And it has nothing to do with you. And just, you know, just let it be. If I think there's times that we get to, you know, we get to choose our battles. Um, you don't have to become aggressive with people just because they don't like you. But you being aggressive with people, doesn't make, one, doesn't make the things better, right? The situation better. Um, and two, what's the purpose? Why should we get aggressive and mad with someone that doesn't like us? Or, you know, it's, we can never force anyone. But then you have to evaluate, okay, why am I triggered by a specific individual that doesn't like me? Is it rejection? Oh, wait a minute. And this is where you start evaluating. I have been rejected many times throughout my life, growing up, through relationships, whatever it is. And then it's just taking that time but in order to take that time you guys a lot a lot of what we have to implement is um silence but it's not that easy this is where meditation and grounding helps tremendously and being able to just pause if you can't meditate i've said this before if you cannot meditate by closing your eyes because it just doesn't work for you, then keep your eyes open. Focus on an item. Um, find something you can feel, like a texture, a soft, I don't know, something that's soft that you can um, touch to bring yourself to the present moment. All of those little things help. So today I want to talk to you about accepting your sadness. And I know it's easier said than done. And although being sad is one of the not-so-great feelings, right, experiences in our life, it is one that is not only inevitable, but also necessary, you guys, and a healthy way for us to understand it and accept it. And I guess the word I want to use is honor it. Okay? Um, 
the way I can describe to you guys how sadness works is that sadness prompts behaviors that contribute to our survival as a species, as human beings. But it is also necessary to help us identify what we value and what we need. Okay, experiencing sadness makes the experience of joy even sweeter. So when you feel sad, know that it's part of your right to feel that. We, if we fight it, y si decimos, ya no me quiero estar triste, mejor ni lo voy a pensar, you're rejecting sad, sadness. And so sadness then is going to be like, wait a minute, ya me rechazaste. Okay. Hmm. Lo voy a meter gas. <laughs> Le voy a dar más duro a la siguiente vez porque no me hiciste caso la primera vez. So I'm going to come to you harder, sadness says. Because the last time you didn't pay attention to me and you're not honoring me and I, and I need you to see me and feel me. And that's where it gets challenging for, for many. But I want to be able to, to discuss this with you because this is food for thought. That you have the right to feel sad. You have the right to be mad. You have the right to feel jealous, to feel all these emotions, to feel happy. But when it comes to even anger, be very careful. It's about how you are angry. You do not want to lose your life, your freedom, or relationships. Be very careful with that. I want to share with you certain steps that can help. I mentioned to you earlier the importance of pausing and implementing the cleansing breath. That just helps to clear the mind and bring yourself to a present moment. And this allows you to center yourself, your mind, to focus on what it is that you are feeling. I invite you to sit with your sadness. Allow yourself, sister, allow yourself to feel it. To honor it. And don't try to deny or bury the sadness. Simply let it flow. Just let it flow. If you have to cry it out. Cry it out in your way. I've met many clients who have chosen to go for a drive and cry it out. Or go in their car and just park and cry it out. Go in the shower and cry it out. Lock themselves just in the restroom with the shower on. And even if they're not showering, but they're sitting next to their tub and they're just crying it out. Whatever it works for you, there's not a wrong way. Sadness is a good thing in our lives. It sounds really weird to say this, but I'm going to explain to you a little bit more. The important thing is to identify the source of your sadness and think about what the sadness is doing for you and what it really represents for you. For example, you guys, 
If you're sad because a relationship ended, remind yourself that sadness is appropriate and shows that you really cared for the other person. That shows you're a good person. If you're sad because you see someone else suffering on TV, it's because you're a good person. Because you care. If you cry because something's happening to your kids, it's because you care. When you cry about something, is because you care. And that is okay. There's a lot of people sometimes in our family or friends that tend to tell us how to feel and they dictate. Be very careful with that. Now let yourself be sad for a few minutes. Give yourself that permission. Give yourself. As a mom, we carry so many things, right? And if for those who are not moms, either way, we're human beings and we all have some sort of something that's still there that we are either trying to heal or a situation that we're trying to solve, whatever it is. We're human beings and we should give ourselves that right to just feel sadness. Accept the sadness and wait it. And well, what I'm trying to say is accept the sadness and what it represents. Okay, like what it what does it represent in your life? Take the time to think about it. If at the moment you can't, it's okay. But take that question and really look into it. Write it down. Brainstorm it. Think about it. Why am I sad about this situation? Why? You are the only one that has those answers. When you have been able to sit with sadness, pull yourself back up, and uh, start thinking about something that makes you happy. You want to accept your sadness, but not let it overtake you. That's the goal. That's the goal. Feel sad, but don't let it conquer your whole entire world. Sometimes we can define the breakup, you know, of a relationship or a job, whatever it is. And, you know, those two weeks, let's say, for example, those two weeks of feeling sad. Don't let those two weeks define your whole entire life because they won't define it. Some people can be stuck there for years. Trust me, I know. But it takes the it takes the it takes time and the implementation of your work to be able to heal, to read, right? But with an open heart, to learn with an open heart. Now that you've accepted, let's say, sadness and you've sat with it and you've honored it. Now let's talk about how do we find joy. And this is going to go back to what I was saying, you know, the acceptance of your emotion. And it isn't all about making peace with the negative ones, okay? Although that is certainly important, but it is also important to accept the positive emotions. 